Discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall, a.k.a. Faceboy. I am Lucas Tiamore. I'm Rachel. And I guess I'm David. Hello, <laughs> Velcommon and Bienvenue. Nice, nice to have you, David. Nice to have you, David. And calling in in just a few minutes, we're going to have... Daryl Lamont Jenkins of the One People's Project. We're very excited to have him again. And so, we're so him. excited. Um, and, you know, we're going to be talking about um, the verdict for, you know, the Proud Boys leaders um, for January 6th. And, wait, is it January 6th? But before we do I'm that... I'm already high, Francis. What's that? I'm already high, but I still want to get more high. I'm going to give you a gummy. But is that okay that I'm high already? Fine by me. <laughs> I was just saying, Calvin is here. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry. For, Calvin, are you staying? Yep. Okay, Calvin great. is staying. <laughs> so the end of the show checklist, we could be like, uh, 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 Calvin, <laughs> Calvin be like, I got it. But normally I'm going to help you because you said last week you're only giving 40% for now on. I didn't. No, last week. <laughs> well, no, last week I came in and I said I'm only giving forty percent. And at the end, but that of the worked show, really well for you. And at the end of the show, you're like, this works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, I thought your forty percent was actually actually perfect. Francis. Your for, your forty percent really works for you. I'm coming in at about another forty because today I was thinking I'm gonna have a cup of coffee because no, I'm not no. feeling a hundred percent. And then I was like, hey, forty percent is working. Hey, uh, so he's gonna call in a couple of minutes, which means I have time to play this song. It would have been Ivan Olds' seventy ninth birthday this week. Oh. He was the author of the song Fire Truck. He also oh, did songs God. for you adults. No, I love that song. I know. He's we'll famous play, we to will me. Play, he's, he's so famous to me. Fire Truck has had Fire Truck, Fire truck Fire has had truck. twelve million views. He's I not just famous to you. I am some of those views. Here is one. Here is one <laughs> with for my, the, the kids I need. Here is one for the adults. It's called <laughs> "It's a Bipolar World." Oh. It's a bipolar world going up, coming down The smile you are wearing may soon be a frown And the laughter you're sharing could turn into tears It's a bipolar world and it has been for years I'm a manic depressive at least I once was Tell a team of psychiatrists Found a term for the cause Bipolars seem fair And they didn't have to prod It became a religion And the shrinks became God It's a bipolar world Going up, coming down The smile you are wearing May soon be a frown And the laughter you're sharing Could turn into tears it's a bipolar world and it has been for years I once was psychotic, but you'd never have guessed Cause now it turns out I am clinically depressed The pills I was taking made my kidneys rot But the psycho I was has been truly forgot it's a bipolar world going up, coming down The smile you are wearing may soon be a frown And the laughter you're sharing could turn into tears It's a bipolar world and it has been for years 
There's a place in the middle where we're all supposed to stay. But show me one doctor who lives life that way, who never gets sad and who never feels high. And I'll show you a doctor on the same meds as I. It's a bipolar world going up, coming down. The smile you are wearing may soon be a frown. And the laughter you're sharing could turn into tears. It's a bipolar world, and it has been for years. It's a bipolar world, and it has been for years. Shui do ap do ah. That was Ivan Olds. It's a bipolar world. Catchy, catchy song. All of his. Songs I think took are. away my bipolar diagnosis and Let's my schizophrenia it. diagnosis. Nah, but I still have DID and PTSD. But they also took away ADHD, which is just plain incorrect. But that's okay. I had them take away dementia from my mom's uh, diagnoses. They didn't. I didn't ask them to take these things away. They just took them away. Wow. No, they just did. Yeah, they just did. They just took them away one day. (laughs) Which means she could leave me the house. She can what? Leave you the house? Yeah. Anyway, let's not get into all (laughs) this personal stuff right now. We do want to mention while we are awaiting the call in. That no matter how crazy a motherfucker is that comes onto a train, no matter how violent they may be, no matter okay, what Okay, this is very wrong. The mayor is very wrong. There should be a rush to be made. A rush to be made. A rush to be made. He wasn't even violent. He was just yelling. A rush to be made. The mentally ill need to be protected in the city. A rush to be made. This crazy fucking ex-marine is running around the city free. I don't want a killer on the streets like that. He's a fucking killer. He killed a black man in broad daylight, like like on the train where people were videoing him. Like he is, this is, we have video of it happening. The two men held him down while they, this is atrocious. There are people, uh, comments in the New York Post, not surprisingly, it being the Post, hailing him, hailing the Marine as a hero. Oh God! Uh, because That's yes, disgusting. because they do, because they are demonized black people. They demonize um, they demonize mentally ill. They demonize like homeless people, and it all of those things. He was a known performer, actually, a subway performer, a known one. Michael Jackson impersonator. He might have even been the the Michael Jackson impersonator that I met at Battery Poetry Club years ago. That I have a picture of together. Calvin is also in the studio. Calvin, at any point you want to jump into on. Onto a mic. Yeah, you can jump into uh, my mic if you, you want. You can, uh, we're, we're, yeah, you've, you've, you've shared enough spit with Lucas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we do share spit, a lot of spit. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but the issue is with the Let's murder. Get back to the issue. With yes. the murder of Gerard Kelly, the, you know, the real issue is that we are dealing with a greater divide between the haves and the have nots, not only in New York. But all over the country, I agree. I agree. And we're we're dealing with a mayor who's basically saying a, a fucking cop. If you're mentally ill, like you, it's okay if you're dead. To kill you, like, it's okay to kill you. We will kill the mentally ill because we he aggravated people on the train because he was yelling. That's all he did was yell. Look, me and Lucas have been on a subway where a crazy motherfucker came on and he was yelling. He was acting like he was going to be violent. We wanted to take him down. We wanted to no, take I him down. No, I did not want to take yeah, him down. Yeah, we talked about it, but he never crossed a line to a point. People keep telling me I'm more violent than I think I am. He you never forget, crossed. He forget. never crossed a point to where there was any form of necessity, 
And also, I know how if, if if I know how to take down a person without killing him, then someone who's trained as a marine. I'll take a few punches before I take someone down. I'll take a few punches. I will not. I will just take him the fuck down. But but no, I know how to I, do I say it without I shoot hurting first, person. But I don't usually shoot first. Like I know how to take a person down to the ground without hurting them. I've been trained by this because a lot of the people that I worked with in the past did have violent episodes, and they were people that had mental problems. They they were people who 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 were. Uh, we don't use the term that we're using in the 80s and the 90s. People who get help don't but, have the, like, this is not indicative of the mental health community. This is really atrocious. I'm going to speak on a panel with Goodwill about these types of things, about, like, success stories of the mentally, of the mental health community and how, and, like, they're going to use me as a success story, even though Steve is telling me, like, what's success? Steve is saying, literally saying the words, what's success? You're trans. So I think offensive. the points that we're trying to make here is that, yes, <laughs> You can intervene when someone is being violent, which he was not. He was not being violent. He was just yelling. He does I have- yell in the subway. I'm fucking psychotic. Can they kill me? Can they kill me? That Yes, they can. They, they made that very clear. They made that very clear. They always have their guns on me, the cops, 10 guns at once. They can kill me. They can kill me. And they, nobody will think twice. And it's like very atrocious, but like, you know, the goodwill will think will stand with me. Like NYU will stand with me. Some people will stand with me. Calvin, I'm going to hear if someone's calling in, right? Yeah. Hello, is there someone there? No, okay. Is, is it turn up? Oh, wait, hello? Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Yes, we, we, didn't, we didn't hear you call in. Uh, oh, yeah. Cause, uh, I, I, I can't hear him. You, you cannot. Yes, we can hear you now. Uh, this is Daryl Lamont Jenkins. Daryl, how you doing? It's David. You didn't turn up my mic. Hey. What is going on? Nothing much, actually. It's, it's really a pleasure to hear your voice after, you know, considering the last time you were on, I was uh, in a coma. Yeah, we really missed you, David. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, very glad that you are still here with us. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so David. much. We, like, you know, really support you yeah. here at our Star scene. We love you. Hi, Daryl. This is, this is Rachel. Up. Hello. <laughs> hey. hey. Hi. Hey. It's Lucas. Um, we also have Calvin in the studio and Francis. We're so happy to have you on again. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, especially after hearing what you were just talking about. I got a lot to address on that one. We're going to sit back um, and listen. Yeah, we would, we, we really want to so hear start what you with, say. We're going to start with the problem people here. Um, you were sitting there talking about how um, folks, um, I forgot, you said in the New York Post, yes. was um, cheering them on as a hero. Yes, well, comments. Not 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 in not in the body because they they don't have quite. They do have that kind of right wing leading where they would write that, but they don't have the balls mm-hmm. to actually write that. They wait until their fucking readers chime in, and they ha- and they don't control oh. it. Well, well, well. What the New York Post also has, um, being that their news corps is a television network, i.e., Fox News, which is owned by the same people who own, um, you know, New York Post. So. Rupert Murdoch. That's where I was going with this. Yeah. Yes, indeedy. And, you know, uh, back on uh, the 4th, um, Greg Gutfield was on his uh, TV show called The Five. And he decided to really twist the knife a little bit. He says, um, you know, he says, you know, they've been talking about the subways and all of this, and they were talking about what's going on in the streets. You know, you were basically using it as 
propaganda to scare white people for fun and profit. You know, that's basically what you're doing. And and it's just, he has nothing but contempt for the outraged leftists who caused this, who ignored this. He's blaming he's blaming folks on the left for some white scum, white racist scumbag who um who, who killed this man, um, Jordan Neely. I'm gonna make sure we say his name. Um, they're like the person on the subway who just gets on their phone, i.e., the person who videotapes them doing it. And he goes, if anybody says this is like George Floyd, no, it's because of George Floyd. Because since George Floyd, we've been we've had the resulting chaos, the defunding, the emasculation of the police, they've gone by the squad, which is like AOC and everybody, by the media, by different media outlets except CNN. They that created the pathway and a void where you saw fewer police, and you who had to fill the void, and we predicted this. Citizens are going to fill the void. This is what he's saying on TV. So about those bystanders, I think there were three guys, and I don't think we were all white, right? I don't know. They had to make a decision on their own. There was no police. They were adult men. It was on them a chance to act, and it was, and they chose to act. And I support the fact that they thought people were in trouble. The left has emasculated law enforcement. These were the only people you can rely on. Well, no, they're not, because regardless of what it looks like now, they're going to jail. They're going to jail. The police aren't even allowed to have that to um to engage in that kind of chokehold. They can't they can't apply that kind of chokehold for this reason. So a a um a regular citizen thinking that he is going to go after somebody who, by the way, as you guys pointed out, wasn't being violent at all, just being very loud and angry about the fact that he didn't have any food. Exactly. That he was hungry. And it's only a matter of time before they do get charged. All three of them should be charged. Well, the, um, what's his name? Daniel Penny. He was the white guy that got, um, that, that, that applied the chokehold. He's the Marine. He's going to get the, he's going to get the bulk of it because he's the one that actually killed him. You know? So what you're going to see is, um, you're going to see charges. This, um, probably all three of them are going to get zapped. The two of them are probably not going to get hit as hard as Jordan Neely, but they're going to, they're all going to be held accountable for this. If they're not, then we really have ourselves a problem. We really have ourselves a problem. And I don't think we have that much of a problem. People are striking um, a lot in New York. I mean, not striking their. Um, there's been a lot of protests. There's been a lot of protests in New York City mm-hmm. because people are afraid that they aren't going to be held accountable. But you feel, yeah, this is true, and I don't blame them because you're still. I'm sitting there saying that they are going to go to jail. They are going to be um, arrested and um, and indicted and all that. I'm saying that with confidence, but but then again, not 100 percent confidence. I can understand why people feel the way they do because you don't know. Um, there's a habit, especially when it, when um, the right starts ginning up the propaganda machine, that um, that certain situations don't happen. You know, they should they should be um, charging these characters after um, after um, after all of this. And people are really getting sick and tired of all the times when you saw when you see something like this. That they don't get arrested, that they, or rather, that they don't get convicted. I mean, everybody starts talking about Bernie Getz. To be fair, now let's be fair. 
Bernie Getz goes back about 30, 40 years when a lot of the bad people in politics were in control. Just wanna, in control. I just want to make sure, uh, do, yeah. does everyone here know who Bernie Getz is and what this case was about? Daryl, do you want me to catch people up on this or would you like to do sure, that? Because sure, sure. this I was mean, a while I mean, ago. Yeah, this yeah, goes back to 1985. This goes back to 1985. And Bernard Getz, I can't remember what he did for a living, but he was sitting on the subway. He was, he was in the subway, and four black men came up to him and um, asked him for some money. He shot all four of them. Now, they eventually did say that they were planning on robbing him or whatever, but there wasn't any indication that they were going to rob him then, which is why they didn't get in any trouble for the robber, for the attempt. Uh, by the way, all four unarmed? All four, well, they did have a screwdriver. That's not and yeah, they can you can call exactly. it a fucking weapon, but you know, if you're a fucking plumber, yeah. you're you're yeah, carrying you're gonna have you're gonna carry a screwdriver. It's a scr- discriminating it's a fucking against screwdriver. fucking working yeah. class people. They I am well, I'm going to say unarmed because a screwdriver yeah, is a fucking no, no, screwdriver. No, no, I'm gonna say it too. I'm gonna say it too, but I just want to point that out. What happened, though? And police lie. Yeah. You know, police lie. And police lie all the time. I've I mean, had, you know, police lie about me a lot. They always say, you know, I'm violent, and I've never been violent in front of them. Except for when I tried to kick David in the dick. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry, David. Sorry, David. <laughs> and I still bailed you out well, that time. He's, he, did, he did bail me out. <laughs> well, here's what happened with Bernard Getz. He fled... Came back, got caught. Um, you know, he got arrested. <clears throat> he ended up being acquitted on the charges that um, attempted murder charges. But gun laws, as they are in New York, he still had to deal with the fact that he had an illegal firearm. And he—I don't think he spent an entire year there, entire year in prison. But that was his—that um, was his sentence. Okay. But there's a happy ending to this because what happened was. Um, the um, especially the most the most um, injured person, Daryl Cabe, sued. Daryl Cabe sued. Eleven years later, he won a verdict against um, uh, Bernhard Getz. Why? Because Bernhard Getz was heard at a town hall meeting saying we got to get rid of the Hispanics and um, and black people, and he used the slurs. Yeah. And that was the end of that. Yeah, but did and. I mean, yes, but did Getz actually have? You can't get blood from a stone. Did this guy ever get he any didn't money? Have money? He doesn't have. He didn't have any money. So, um, so the end of it. So the um, but it was, and and they knew that. They knew he wasn't going to have any money. But they just wanted this. to win. They just wanted they just to win. wanted this. They wanted to to um basically say um look he was dirty and we needed to basically put that out there. And that's what they were able to do. They were able to just shut down all the uh, all the cheering and propaganda very efficiently, I must say. Um, and uh, I mean that, that was really that was really the end of uh, um, Bernhard Getz. I mean, you didn't hear anything else about him. I mean, one of the guys that they committed suicide, um, uh, but he oh shot. God. Um, I don't know what happened to the other three. I think the PTSD is just so, like, you know, 
prevalent that it's so hard, like so hard for some people, especially men, because men have lack of resources, you know, with PTSD, and it can be very hard after somebody gets shot or something. And it's one of the yeah. reasons that you're mentioning Mr. Getz. I don't even want to call him Mr. Getz. And the Getz. reason why it's one of the reasons you're bringing this up because he was also by uh, not just some fringe groups. There were those that were hailing him a hero. Is that one of the reasons you bring this up? Well, the main reason why it was brought up was because it had been brought up. Make parallels to this. Interestingly enough, they don't want to make parallels to any of the more recent cases, like uh, Trayvon Martin or um, or what happened in Kansas City. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Kyle Rittenhouse. No, not Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse is another animal altogether. Um, but I'm talking more about the kid that knocked on the door, uh, knocked on the door, and yeah. got shot at by the 85 year old man. And then you start talking about what happened upstate with the 20 year old white girl. They got shot just because um, she drove into the wrong driveway. You know, I mean, yeah. it's that kind of thing that makes people say, "Okay, you got if if Greg Gutfield is going to start saying that this is what they're going to do because we wanted to defund the police, then here's the rule." Because somebody, because they were talking about this at some of the rallies too. We'll just come after you before you come after us. You pull. It's kind of like what they say. Uh, what they said in the Untouchables. So you pull out a, you pull out a knife. You pull out a gun. You try to choke hold. People are going to start rolling all over you. You are not going to just kill people because you're scared. You know, if this is how this is going to go, then we're just going to have to be aggressive towards you before you're aggressive towards us. We got to protect ourselves from you, who thinks they have to protect themselves. <laughs> yourself from us and you don't have to you know that's that's the attitude that people are going to have now if we don't want to do that i think we better um just basically get over ourselves and start dealing with things properly because you can run down um jordan neely's criminal record and history of mental illness all you want but the bottom line none of that registers when you're the one that did wrong you could have handled it differently yeah. You should have handled it differently, and if you couldn't handle it differently, you should have just kept your ass in your seat. I mean, yeah. that's just the real. Opinion. You don't. You don't kill somebody. No. You do and not make yourself judge, jury, that. and executioner in any situation like that. You don't. No. no. And the bitter and truth. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Daryl. I didn't mean to step on your step on your lead. It's just that. My feeling is that we are really entering savage and violent new times, and that mm-hmm. people, in, you know, instead, you know, it, it's like when I was a kid, I grew up in in Atlanta, and specifically a town called Stone Mountain. I'm sure you're familiar with the big statue, with the, you know, the big mountain with the Civil War heroes on it, and the Klan would march through town all the time, and my father would very, you know, it's like I would be like, Dad, why don't we do something? Why don't people do anything? He's like, look, let them be idiots on their own time. Did you talk about Stone Mountain? Yeah. I was just there last week. Horrible, horrible place. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sad, too, because here's the thing about Stone Mountain, Georgia. Stone Mountain, Georgia is a very liberal town, very progressive town. And they're really pissed off about this whole thing with the mountain. Um, And there was an event, because while I was out there, there was um, an event... Um, put on by the Sons of Confederate Veterans, where um, they were basically going to, you know, hype up the Confederacy and the uh, and and at the base of this mountain. And in years past, I've been to um, there's been several events 
like this. And in years past, basically, the Nazis had to run to the place. Yeah. And that, was, that, and that was the dynamic. And so we thought there was going to be the same thing this year. And it wasn't. They didn't show up. The Nazis didn't show up, at least. At least the, um, the open Nazis didn't show up. But, um, I mean, the, the only thing I saw, and I got this on video, I mean, was a woman that said what had a patch on her, um, on the back of her vest that said, what will Forrest do? As in Nathan Bedford Forrest, as in one of the early, early leaders of the Ku Klux Klan. So, um, you really don't want anybody to answer that question. So, I mean, but that was as bad as it got this year. But it has been bad in years past. Do you well, think they're here's, scared? Here's, here's an, sorry to interrupt. Here's an interesting piece of New York City history, Daryl, that you may or may not be aware of. Uh, you probably, you, not a lot of people are. The Klan wanted to have a rally in New York City, and they wanted to wear their hoods, and they were denied that application to have that rally. The person that came to their defense was Norman Siegel. He's a Jewish person, a lawyer. I am very aware of that. That happened back in 1999, and I was there at that rally. Okay, so you do know what I'm talking about. I know Norman Siegel personally. He was was the legal representative for the Dance Liberation Front. He's one of the few people who I've met who I've met, like, really famous people. He intimidated the fuck out of me because (laughs) he's so goddamn smart. So Norman Siegel, uh, he successfully uh, argued for the Klan on the basis of free speech and when and mm-hmm. when when the when the when the thing about the hoods came up uh the right to assemble wearing masks he brought up the halloween parade as an example he uh of of people assembling wearing masks and what happened was yes they were able to have their rally yes they were able to wear their hoods about five clansmen showed up about 500 anti-clans. Wow. It was... Yeah. Believe it or not, oh, 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 I remember, it was like 17 of them and 6,000 of us. Okay, yeah. Wow. That's how that went down. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, and so I'm like so glad that it happened the way it did because it was like New York and Norman Siegel was saying, yes, you do, we are going to protect your right to say what you want to say, and guess what? There are a whole lot of motherfuckers that disagree with you and they're going to yeah. show up. Well, I actually have video of, I actually produced a video around that same time that is on YouTube right now on um, the One People's Project. It says KKK in NYC. It goes, I think it was October 1999 when when that happened. And that was one of the things that had um, a lot of us wondering what the hell is going on because free speech or no free speech, the claim is marking in New York City. And why is Norman Siegel representing them? (laughs) Because he's ACLU. Let's be real. We already know that. ACLU does that. ACLU is going to defend the free speech of of Nazis and Klan, just to be honest. um, Just to be fair. I mean, they've been doing this in Skokie back in 1978, I believe it was. So, yeah, that was happening. Now, I'm going to tell you something um, as a side, but I want to get back to what was going on in New York. Um, Charlottesville was really the last straw for a lot of people with the ACLU in this. Because um, the ACLU, they originally had um, the organizers of the Charlottesville rally um, move their rally to a park that was um, remote enough that they they could maintain it um, and keep the two sides apart. And the ACLU stepped in and said, no, they want to be at this park. 
and um, they should be allowed to hold their rally. And everybody was basically their one two was they're talking about violence. They're talking about trying to fight us. All right. They're talking about bloodshed, and the ACLU was stepping in and ignoring all of that. Um, just goes on the basis of free speech. And one of the lines, somebody said, yeah, okay, fine. I mean, yes, they have their free speech, but could they get their own damn lawyers? Because the ACLU really isn't um, about what the Klan believes and all of that. Charlottesville was the last straw because somebody got killed. Yeah. And everybody started looking at the ACLU as, you caused this. You could have just let them just let them to themselves. And it's about time you guys start wondering what it is you're actually fighting for. And that's when the ACLU put out a new policy that says we will no longer um, represent people who are suggesting armed insurrection. If they go, if it's going to be an armed rally, we're not going to be a part of this. Because mm-hmm. they said, well, thank you very much. But again, let them get their own damn lawyers. You know. Now back to New York. When we said, okay, so the ACLU does all that. And, and it was also a matter of Giuliani being mayor at the time. And he was just ridiculous with violating people's free speech. I mean, the entire, ten, the entire tenure, at least especially the last four years of his mayorship. Yeah. Um, uh, is, it, also, is it fair to characterize, is it fair to characterize Giuliani as nothing more than the drippy diarrhea of Alphonse D'Amato? <laughs> That's what they called him. <laughs> I forgot about that. Dang, but it was a crazy, a crazy day. This is the thing about that rally that I, I didn't want to lose track of this. That rally, everybody was starting to get worried because that was only the second Klan rally in the entire history of um, of New York City. The entire history of New York City. That was the second Klan rally ever. And it was like, okay, they're coming here. What's going on? And then about seven months later, New Jersey, which never really saw a lot of white power rallies, Morristown, New Jersey, had another white power rally. And we all rallied um, rallied against that. All hell broke loose there. That's the rally that got one people's project started because everybody was saying, okay, we got to get a handle on this before, before things get too crazy because we're talking about this element coming into the Northeast. And we were like, okay, some things we are just letting slide just a bit too much. And, um, that was, that was the beginning of it all for us. One People's Project is the uh, organization that uh, you started, correct? Correct, correct. We started it in 2000 as as a way to just basically stay on top of all these um, hate mongers and racists that we have been dealing with um, um, in recent years. Uh, And uh, we've been pretty successful in causing them a lot of grief, so... One of your um, controversial just, uh, tactics is hacktivism. Would you like to speak to why you feel that it should not be controversial or should? Oh, you mean doxing? Because activism yes. <laughs> Hacktivism, <laughs> well, it, it yes, doxing. It, it should not be controversial. I can appreciate why people are concerned, but it shouldn't be controversial because 
if people are going are, are outwardly saying they are going to hurt you, then you got to know who they are. And once again, ACLU stepped in to try to defend their freedom of speech when they started doxing abortion providers. Mm-hmm. When they started doing that and they won their case back in 2001, I said, okay, you just gave us another tool. And that was the beginning of that. We didn't call it doxing. Doxing is a new term. It's just, and I think I said that over the, um, at, during the last uh, time I was on. Yes. I, it's just basically reporting to us. So, I mean, and that, and that's where, and that's where it is. I mean, and now what we're looking at is a situation where everybody just threw their hands up in the air. That's what, that's the political climate now. Once Trump became president, once Trump got into the White House, rather, um, it was pretty much okay. It, all bets are off. There is no talking to anybody anymore. We, we got to shut this down before they kill us. And they did start killing people. I mean, when you're talking about Heather Hire, when you're talking about um, George Floyd, I mean, this was just getting to be, and now you're talking about um, Jordan Neely. I mean, it's just, there's no talking anymore, especially if you got people on Fox News as basically um, saying, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to put you in the chokehold if, you, if we think that you're a threat. Um, and um, it's like no lessons were learned from the other um, the other incidents that have taken place over the past couple of weeks, and whether it's at Kansas City or whether it's in um, upstate New York, or um, some women accidentally going to the wrong police wrong um, um, car, and that person comes out and starts shooting at them, or basketball goes into somebody's yard and they start shooting at a family, you know. There is a point where you got to say, okay, you're taking matters into your own hands like that. Then we got, then we have ourselves a problem. Mm-hmm. We have ourselves a problem. So. Yeah, and actually, Daryl, I want to thank you for educating me on the fact that, you know, before I spoke to you about it, I actually had a tinge of sympathy for James Fields. I just kind of felt like, okay, oh, this is some kid who got him way over his head. I know what it's like to be part of that scene and just be submerged with all this rhetoric. And it does change you. But when you let me know that that guy had absolutely zero remorse for what he did, it was like, you know what? You're damned. There's no, no saving I mean, him. I mean, even if he had remorse, I mean, he still had to be held accountable for what yeah. he did. Oh, I yeah. Mean, there is no offense or buts about it. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who, um, who I shed a tear for from time to time. I can't come up with, um, I can't say any names right now, but there's a lot of people I shed a tear for now because I knew that they were better people than what got them put in jail for the rest of their life. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. They actually hurt somebody. And that's one of the reasons why, um, I try to do what I can to, um, get people out of these bad elements, whether it is the white person, whether it is gang, bang, whether it is, um, getting high, you know, I mean, you are not this person. If you are not this person, don't let this person destroy the person that you are, you know? <laughs> but if you do that, I can't help you. No one can. You have to atone for what you've done. Yes. When you, and and uh, that's just the way it goes. So my thing is get to them before it gets to that. And, uh, and sometimes I'm successful. Other times, 
I'm not, and they still atone. But if damage hasn't been done, there are just some people that you're not going to um, be able to atone enough for, and that destroys you. Yes. That's the, because you can't be, like, I mean, let's talk about the examples of some um, white power activists that I've been, um, people who are in the white national scene. I mean, they're out of it now. Um, they're trying to just get along with their life, but there is a history. And that history is not forgotten. And, it's, and they don't want to go back. They will not go back. But whatever, but whatever was, um, whatever they were about, is being left unchecked. Because you have a, people who will get involved in some of these things that have a whole lot of psychological damage, a whole lot of baggage that precedes their, um, their politics. Mm-hmm. And that still has to be dealt with. Yes. You know, and um, in many respects, being a white nationalist, dealt with it. They had friends. They had people who cared about them. After that, nothing. They're alone in the world. Mm-hmm. And that means they're in the tailspin. Yeah. That I don't want to see happening. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but by the same token, they can't go back into, I don't want them to see, I don't want to see them in the white power scene anymore either because, um, yeah, they might be doing great, but the people that they freaking kill are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, yeah. I, I think it, are not. <laughs> you know, not to interrupt, but I think it might be time to read the, uh, re, you know, read the copy. And uh, after this, I think possibly. It's time to celebrate because of the uh, the verdict came in. All oh, five yeah. of the Proud Boys found guilty. Let's, uh, yeah, uh, actually this has been going very quickly. You're absolutely right, David. Uh, Calvin is the best at, <laughs> at this. So, so I can do the standard copy, but there are two sheets of paper behind you that I'm going to need. <clears throat> Sorry about that, Daryl. Again, didn't mean to step on you. Oh, no, 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 no. We needed to get back to that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do the copy. We're going to play one song, and then and then we're going to get back into... And, Daryl, you had some music you wanted to play, right? Yes, I believe that we was um, that, uh, we were talking about this. Uh, I, was, I told them um, that the song uh, by a band... Potbelly. On, um, yeah, called Potbelly, yes. Mm. Um, one of the reasons why um, I wanted to... Um, add them to it because they are actually they have a comp they just released a compilation cd to benefit my organization one people's project and um what's I just the want name to of the song the name of the song is called throw the brick say again and they're an anti-fascist group uh anti-fascist band throw the brick okay and speaking of bricks tell jeff how i still got a brick reserved for their forehead <laughs> i am going to reserve comment on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Good idea. With that being said, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely on listeners like you to help keep us going. If you'd like to support us, you can make a one-time donation or a monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. 
We have a couple of events coming up. Ready Free Brooklyn is proud to present Movie Club at Come On Everybody, located at 325 Franklin Avenue here in Brooklyn on Sunday, May 7th. That's actually tomorrow. Internationally acclaimed psych rock duo Movie Club will be presenting Uncovering the 90s, The Good, The Bad, and Like Whatever, a combination of live reading, discussion, and musical performance. The band will be joined by Pulitzer Prize-winning author Camille Perry, in addition to some other very special local guests. You don't want to miss this multimedia, multidimensional live performance extravaganza right in the heart of Brooklyn. For more information, please visit movieclubtheband.com. Also, Ready Free Brooklyn is turning eight this month, and we're celebrating with a party at Sleepwalk on May 13th here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'll be eight. I'm going to be eight. Gonna be eight. I'll be eight. <laughs> what do you want for your eighth birthday? This, this I want many. ice cream. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite flavor? Crack. Okay. I'm sure one of us couldn't provide that for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, please join the Ready Free Brooklyn community in celebrating eight years of independent, freeform, commercial free radio with live DJ sets from your favorite Ready Free Brooklyn hosts, live performances, and more. There's no cover, but donations to the station are welcome. All are welcome and celebrated by and with Radio Free Brooklyn as we kick off year eight. Calvin has the best radio voice ever. He, he really uh, does. I know. It's like Thank smooth. It's like comforting. Calvin, I, cannot, <laughs> I, uh, so I got to confirm your age to play this, uh, this song. Uh, so uh, while Calvin is bringing this up, is it fair to say that uh, during the presidential debates when asked about the Proud Boys, Trump said... Uh, Stand, stand back and stand by. That that was a rallying cry to the Proud Boys. Uh, is that fair to say? Yes, that's what they. Um, that's what they took it as. That's how they promoted it as. Um, and that's what it became. So we gotta just. If they tell you who they are, believe them. And if they tell you what they're gonna do, believe that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here we go. Pot belly. The left, you've just called them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. Trying to come at me With his wife I can't be a better advice 
You're listening to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. We got the whole gang here, and we also have our guests, David. On the phone, we have uh, just one of the most compelling people that we've ever had on this show, and we're honored and pleased to have him here. And uh, I think I've been interrupting a little bit too bit too much, so I'm going to sit back a little bit. And do you see my there, death glares? I, I didn't think I was doing too much. <laughs> and, but I think I had. But I think I have. I think I have set the stage. Uh, if you can start with wherever you want, Daryl. But uh, I think I've sort of set the stage of the rallying cry was "Stand back and stand by." And then recently we had the conviction. And if you would like to, if you would be so kind as to fill in the pieces, as I think only you can, we would be honored. And uh, we're going to sit back. Well. Over the past year or two, I think that the Proud Boys were on ball time. Um, once uh, the arrest started coming down over January 6th, um, they started really trying to lay low. But when they, um, but when the leaders started getting zeroed in on, um, in particular, um, it. It just basically fragmented a lot of what was the Proud Boys. Um, and it's funny, too, because the Proud Boys weren't around all that long. They'd only been around since 2016. And uh, it, they, they only took about, what, five years to destroy themselves. <laughs> and what happened was, as I said before, if, um, if they tell you who they are, believe them. So when they say that they are standing um, standing back and standing by uh, and it's for Donald Trump. When they say, when they meet with the other folks that got convicted uh, for seditionist conspiracy, um, the, the Oath Keepers, yeah. when they're meeting at them in a, um, in a parking lot or rather in a parking deck with television cameras filming them as they do it, when they're doing all of these things, and then we receive something actually happen behind it, when they actually do lead the charge into the U.S. Capitol, then you know that something. Then you know that you're only got but so much life left in you. <laughs> and this today, or rather, a couple of days ago, a lot of those Proud Boys, especially Joe Biggs, Ethan Nordine, um, Enrique Tario, who, by the way, was in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. 
and um, Dominic Pizzoli. I don't, I don't remember his last name, but and, Dominic uh, Pizzola. Dominic Pizzola and Zach Real, who, by the way, um, used to call me all the time. I have some of those. Uh, I have some of those recorded. Actually, I have some of those conversations recorded. I actually call. I actually called him just before he got arrested to see how he was doing. <laughs> and today we find this week we find out that they aren't doing too well. They all got zapped on seditious conspiracy um, charges. Uh, we don't know when they're going to be sentenced yet. I don't believe. Um, and that's not an easy. Um, that's not an easy charge um, to get. Um, to get a conviction off of prosecutors. And they basically just handed, really, them and the Oath Keepers really just basically handed all the evidence to them. It was obvious what they were about. And now they were all going to have to um, suffer. And it was funny because I was looking at the Proud Boys um, Telegram accounts and it was just comedy gold um, at first because they was over there saying the libs are going to just before the um, just before the uh, verdict came down. They was over there saying um, you're going to see a lot of um, angry libs after, but you're going to see a lot of triggered libs after um, after the verdict goes down and all of this. And then the next thing you know, it was like we were railroaded. <laughs> <laughs> and and then, like what they say. Well, let me see what they said here on um, when the verdict got handed down. Let me see. They basically, I'm looking at the Proud Boys in New Jersey because why not? And um, and they basically said, well, I, well, I don't want to, I don't want to um, just get dead air to you right now, but we are not said, afraid this is a of sad dead day, air. Not just, Take your time. It, yeah, it says this is a sad day, not just for our fraternity, but for America as well. You know, I have. I have come to the conclusion that when the right says America, they only mean them. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not a sad day for America. I mean, basically, we're, we were all just having a field day with all this. We were glad to see something happen to this particular group, as well as, well as um, the Oath Keepers and anybody else that was involved in January 6th and caused all the, all, all the chaos that they did. The one thing that we're getting frustrated about as a people is that the, um, the higher ups involved in all of this are not getting into any trouble yet. I mean, I know it's basically a case of having to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's when you're going after the president like this, or even if he's a former president. But it is frustrating to see um, Donald Trump act as though nothing's wrong and he's still running for office and he and we got to play this game of what, what what's going to happen if he actually does become president again you know because that could happen and it's like it shouldn't ha- be able to happen it should not but um but, but that's where we are and but that's okay um we're just gonna um we're just gonna be patient with it we're gonna see what happens over the next um next couple of weeks um, they did say that we wouldn't see indictments of Donald Trump on this matter until the summer anyway. So I said, okay, already. Um, but right now we're happy to see what happened to the Proud Boys. Um, I, I was putting out some videos. Joe Biggs, one of the guys that was, um, um, that was convicted, he had, um, he used, he was known. And I first got, um, a chance to learn about him 
when he used to boast about how he's going to uh, on video and on his periscopes about how he was going to kick um, Antifa's ass all over the place in Portland. And yeah, we we got I got people that are ready to just roll all over. You're not going to see what's coming and all that. So I messed around with one of his old videos because I kept them. And I just said, and I just um, freeze framed him and just said, yep, convicted on seditious conspiracy. And then I had, and I put that all over TikTok and Instagram and Twitter, so you can see that there. And then I also did another video where um, that I shot myself over Ricky Tario, just telling me that yeah, he's going to be running for Congress. He's at Tario twenty twenty three, and I told him he was going to lose, and he goes, "Yeah, we'll see." And then I did the same thing to him, and died for, I, I was just having a, I was just having a ball with all of this right now because. I was really happy to just see them get their comeuppance finally. But, yeah. um, you know, sadly, it's not over. It's really not over. We can laugh and joke all you want, all, all we want. But what happened to the Proud Boys after? The Proud Boys just went feral. <laughs> they went, I'm really. sorry? Feral. 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 Straight okay. up feral. I, I wasn't sure if you because, said feral or sterile, and I think both would apply. Well, that hasn't happened yet. Unfortunately, what they are now the, the leadership is now getting locked up, and they might be going to jail for over two, for decades. And what's left out there are a bunch of people who do not care about the mainstream acceptance that the Proud Boys once had. You know, they're not going to get that back now that um, they're radioactive now due to these conditions. They were already radioactive because of the arrest alone. But um, but people can make it the uh, stage of defense against them, even with those um, even with those um, arrests, because you still have rallies talking about you know free the January sixth political prisoners and all this. And now, but but what's been going on is that one of the things that the Proud Boys um, just basically cried about was any any time um, somebody called them a white supremacist group or. Um, a neo-Nazi group, and they they would play the plausible deniability game and say, no, that's not us, or what have you. And now they don't care. <laughs> now, when you, see, uh, when you see them going after these drag events, here or any kind of event, you see them um, bringing along, um, bringing along straight-up neo-Nazis. I mean, that's what we saw in uh, Ohio these past few times. Whenever they would protest a... Um, a, uh, a drag show or some sort of drag event, they'll come out, the Nazis will come out, they'll try to play plausible deniability, but the truth of the matter is they're one and the same at this point. It's just like whenever we had to deal with them in um, in Tennessee, whenever um, the White Supremacist Conference, America Renaissance Conference, um, took place down in um, just outside Nashville, we were just a small group. We were out there protesting. And we all and we do it every single year, but this year the Proud Boys decided to come and counter us and come and try to play games with us, and they never did that before. We're dealing with a whole new group of Proud Boys who really are just throwing caution to the wind, and the wind is a hurricane. <laughs> so, so the group, whatever left, whatever left of the Proud Boys is going to finish them off because no one has time for this. And we're going to have no to wrap it up with that. And uh, I want to thank you so much for, uh, for for coming on the show again. 
Anyone Call me would, whenever, baby. We're, we're going to close out with a song. And uh, any closing uh, statements <laughs> from anyone here that wanted to say something before we finish this up? Yeah, I want to thank two very, very special people. One, I want to thank you, Daryl, for always being a, a, a legitimate friend and a valued teacher. And somebody that I can, you know, really helps me exercise my demons, so to speak, of being a part of that movement at one point or another. And I want to thank you, Lucas, for um, being the person who got me out of it so many years ago. And you deserve all the credit in the world for that. Thank you. I love you. Thank you, everyone. In the studio coming up next is The Circuit with Courtney Love. Hey, folks, speaking of love, show yourself some love. Show some love to those around you. It's important, and you know that it is. I'm going to not be able to play this whole song, but uh, some people will hate me for playing part of it, and others will love me. And uh, that's kind of the, the story of my life. Yeah. Uh.